Hi and welcome to John Taylor's podcast, Keep Sharing. Over the last couple of weeks I've been reaching out to so many different individuals within the golfing industry and talking about sort of their journeys and why they do what they do and golf obviously being my passion as you're starting to pick up now on the show. The, 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 the theory behind this was just to get some different individuals on. So I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Ryan uh, Dodds, who's a golf management and works in a leisure facility and does golf travel in Mauritius. So welcome to the show, Ryan. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I literally reached out to you on some social media. I think it was Sunday. Uh, we're yeah, now exactly. On, we're now a couple of days since then, and we're now talking. You're in Mauritius, and I'm in England using this technology, which is great. Um recording the show ryan what what made you go to mauritius and and why do you do what you do really and what can you tell us a little bit about the the leisure side of the golfing yeah i mean i i got a wonderful opportunity i mean i think um you know mauritius is that uh that dream uh, holiday destination for so many people around the world and um being being south african a lot of us travel to mauritius um uh, on an annual basis. I, I personally had never been, but I, I got a great opportunity in 2012 to to take over um, Heritage Golf Club in the south of Mauritius, which is um, widely regarded as, as one of the, the best golf courses on the island. Um, and yeah, just an opportunity I, I couldn't I couldn't pass up. Um, I um, yeah I got got into the golf business uh, straight out of school. I think as a lot of us do. Um, you know the, the the initial ambition was to go playing professional uh, i think a lot of us get into the game because we have a love for it and want to want to compete um and fortunately playing a, a tournament very very early on with uh, with louis oysters and made me realize that uh, i should probably pursue management as, a, as opposed to to playing and uh and yeah i got into to golf management early on and, and been in ever since brilliant so you've obviously met louis then <laughs> Yeah, I have a few times, and, and funny enough, the the, the previous uh, job I worked, uh, I've I've been very fortunate in the industry to to have covered quite a few bases, from sort of teaching to to club management to event management and rights commercialization, um, and then I also spent uh, two and a half years working for a um, a golf course architectural firm, uh, the Matkovich Group, which uh, certainly have designed more golf courses in Africa than than any other group. And uh, and Louis is actually you know is actually the succession plan of the, of the group. So Peter Matkovich, okay. um, is a fantastic guy and a wonderful golf course architect. But uh, Peter's seventy six years old now, and um, so they're trying to put a succession plan in place. And Louis Oosthuizen is actually that succession plan. So so yeah, I was privileged enough to spend a bit of time with Louis and um, understand sort of his design philosophy. And uh, yeah, hopefully he. Uh, Hopefully he he really he really gets involved over the next couple of years. So you could, that could potentially just spiral a little bit more and work with, alongside him in terms of what you're doing, yeah. Yeah, so we actually we've actually got a golf project in the south of Mauritius at the moment. We I think one of the few groups that are actually building a golf course at the moment. Uh, we've got one under under construction, which is actually a co-design. So it's a Louis Westerson design with uh, with Peter Matkovich. Um, so we've we've shaped nine holes, and um, and in fact Louis was meant to be with us uh, after the Masters. He was he was playing the Masters, and then he was coming out to Mauritius 
uh, to come and visit the site. Um, unfortunately, that hasn't worked out as planned, but uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll get him out later in the year. Which is where you were supposed to be this weekend as well, isn't it? Just gone. Yeah, isn't it amazing? It, it would have been my first pilgrimage to the to the Masters to Augusta. Uh, I've been I've been lucky enough to be invited a few times, but I but I turned down the invitation. Um, and and yeah, so <laughs> I went through all the effort to to get my leave and plan the itinerary and get my my visa and. Along came the coronavirus, so so yeah, we'll we'll wait for November and hopefully be able to get out there then. Brilliant stuff. Well, I hope you do get to go. It's interesting Thanks. that I've um, I interviewed a guy yesterday who was talking about Louis these days, and because he works a little bit with the UPS, which he's also sponsored by, and then the guy I was talking to yesterday has been to Augusta ten times, and you were supposed to be going there. It's just two days in a row. It's sort of like. Same names, you know, but these are people, use it, people that actually physically know the guy, you know, it's not like we're just talking about him. It's it's very, it's very unusual thing that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But one that's of the a small things, industry, isn't it? Well, but yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's, um, it's a very highlighted industry in terms of those guys who in the top 150, 200 golfers in the world and the ones that have been before as well are always remembered for their own, I suppose, unique perspective towards the game. And the conversation we had, I had with Derek yesterday when he was mentioning that the golfer is at the pinnacle at the top of this pyramid and then he's got this team of people around him to make something work. Golf yeah. course, architect and design and logistical and, and planning and the people that are around the table, they're all, everybody's all using their minds to create the 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 finished product i suppose in sure. the end yeah um, sure. and is this what you're doing now is this what literally you're part of or you just yeah 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 i mean the the design process i think it's a it's an interesting point that you make it's something that we've been thinking about quite a lot um recently you know in the, in the old days when they when they would build and design a golf course uh there there seemed to be a lot of collaboration certainly the the sort of the 1900s to 1930s uh, when a lot of the great golf courses globally were built, um, a lot of the golf architects of the time used to used to collaborate on projects. You know, they would they would ask each other what they thought of of different aspects of of the golf the golf course design. And um, unfortunately, I think today a lot of these golf courses are built with one architect who, who kind of dictates the the process from start to finish instead of this kind of collaborative process. And um, and and we've been kind of digging into that a little bit with with the new golf course, um, trying to trying to bring in um, a, a wide array of, of people. I mean, obviously we've got the collaboration of of Louis Oosthuizen and Peter Matkovich, but 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 also bringing in um, obviously the the developer, the um, the, um, uh, the project managers, but but then also experts from the golf industry who who might not be golf course architects, which might be uh, golf course uh, raters, uh, sort of the likes of a golf digest rater or a golf world rater, because everyone's got different perspectives uh, on design and, and and trying to throw those all together kind of in a in a basket and and, and seeing what comes out. Um, but it's been a but it's been a very um, yeah it's been a very interesting process. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think something that, that, that could be thought about more for the future. Well, the golf course in itself, um, I think I might have mentioned this on my on my show, how mindful they are in places, you know, how 
tranquil they can become. And and I think I read something the other day about how, you know, the they're becoming so manicured, aren't they, in so many different ways that yeah. do, does all of it need to be that way or is it like the rawness of how they used to be? Like you could hardly tell the fair, fairways from the rough when golf first started. Yeah. They just, they literally just started mapping it out that way and people are talking about like the rawness of what golf used to be and how can we go back to a little bit more traditional stuff because they're all manicured, aren't they, to the point where they're just perfect yeah. in some so many different places. Um, yeah. But they are beautiful in themselves, and like you said, there's not many being built at the moment. If anything, a mm. lot, especially in Scotland, I've noticed a closing, which is really sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, sold off for housing development or sold off for whatever reason because there's no engagement by the members. Um. So to be able to be at the forefront and continue building golf courses is going to be have its own set of, you know, I suppose battles, isn't it? And yeah, by the sounds of it, yeah, you know, I think it's so important with uh, with any new golf course project um, that that you are creating something different. You know, you, you we've got it. We've got to hit a sweet spot. Uh, if we're just going to build an average facility, um, you know, we, we're not going to win. Um, and and I think it's right what you said. You know, the, unfortunately, a lot of golf courses have been spurred by real estate development. You know, a lot of people, certainly in a in a South African context. Um, completely blown out of proportion because security is such an important aspect of life in South Africa. Um, and these gated communities have, have grown exponentially. Um, obviously, you put a golf course there, you add tremendous value to the, to the real estate prices. Um, so, so a lot of these golf courses have been built without proper economic feasibilities being done uh, or, or business case being made for the golf course itself. Um, and so, so we are in a situation in many countries, and, and certainly I can speak um, for, for South Africa, uh, of oversupply. You know, we just have too many golf courses uh, and, and not enough players, which puts pressure on all the golf courses. And, um, you know, we, we've seen a few, a few successful models where, where golf courses have combined. Uh, you know, where one has closed, sold off the land, um, moved their members across to another, you know, sort of combined forces, choose one golf course and, um, and merge. Yeah. Um, and I think those mergers are, are, are the way forward for a lot of facilities. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think within, within a, within a Mauritian context, you, you talk about, um, expectations and, and, and golfers do watch the masters on TV more than any other, other golf event. And, and, and for a lot of them, that's the benchmark, right? If you if your greens don't run the, run the same speed as, as Augusta national, your fairways aren't manicured to the same level, then then you're not as good a golf course. Uh, whereas if you if you trace back golf to the roots and you know how it was intended to be played, um, it wasn't about that. You know, it, it was as you say, rough and fairway might not even have been distinguishable on on, on many of the golf courses. Mm. Kind of hit it, find it, and hit it again. And um, and and I, I think we have lost a lot of that, and it puts a lot of pressure on on facilities because uh, maintenance costs are just exorbitant. You know, we, we, we just pay a fortune, and um, so certainly in, in, in payroll, but also in, in chemicals and fertilizers. And, um, you know, and, and at the same time, we do damage to the, to the environment because of that. No, you're right. And um, so you've got all of that going on, right? You also, you know, I picked up on your article on LinkedIn. I think that's how we I commented on yeah. that when you got talking. Um, what is the I suppose the next 
couple of years look like for you and, and what you're going to be doing um, beyond the current situation we're at the minute as you know we can't focus on this being what life is forever you know this this too shall pass as the as the saying goes but yeah yeah so what what, what, yeah. what does it hold and i'm really excited to hopefully get out to mauritius and come and come and play the new track when it's up and running that'd be great um but yeah just what is what is the vision well i mean i mean golf in mauritius has been uh, has been really buoyant we've uh, you know, most of our golf courses are reliant on the tourism trade, which is which is not good for the for the current situation. But um, but up until that point, uh, you know, more tourists are coming in every year, and, and rounds of golf are up. And uh, we're actually finding the local community is is growing quite nicely as well. We're we're a small island, 1.3 million people live here, but we have 1.3 million tourists every year as well. Um, so, so we we very reliant on the on the tourism trade. So, I think as you say, this too shall pass. The sooner it passes for us, the better. And the sooner people get on airplanes and and start visiting us again, the better. Um, but but no doubt, the the hospitality and travel industry is going to be under some pressure, certainly in in countries like Mauritius, where we don't have much domestic demand for for holiday resorts and and golf. Um, we, we're sort of forecasting a, a two-year recovery period at this point in time um, to get back to sort of last year's levels. Um, so, so I think, you know, and, and that's what prompted uh, my thinking with the article that I wrote. Uh, you know, we're going to have to think slightly differently about how we manage facilities and, and certainly be very, very cost-conscious in our, yeah. in our approach because we know that revenues are going to be are going to be affected. Um, so. There are some challenging times ahead, but um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty confident and optimistic that we'll we'll get back to the levels and 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 beyond um, very soon. And I wish you all the luck with that because I want the, regardless of the industry or you know not just the tourism, not just the golfing, but things to um, the unsettling of of you know rebuilding that rubble back up. And I think if we do it gradually and we do it smartly and we do it with a little, not as rushed as what things have been. And and life was speeding up for too many people. And, you know, you could, it was so yeah. convenient just to jump on a plane and be somewhere or, you know, you've got this thing called time that everybody didn't have enough of and now everybody's got a lot of. Yeah. So it's like a, this calling of like, let's just, learn to just slow down a little bit because there was businesses that were just making a couple of million pounds and then falling off the radar and you would never see them again. There wasn't enough organic growth in terms of what we were doing and trying to build. It was just boom, 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 happening so fast around us. And I, yeah. and I think throughout time, you know, you look at temples and how they were built. Imagine what that was like, that period of seeing them things go up and how quickly that was. And so it's it, time has always been a thing. and. It's going to be interesting that the powers to be figure out the the strategy in terms of how do we then ease ourselves back into what we thought was normality when people didn't even like that normal part of life. But this mm. is easing ourselves into a way of it with a completely different outlook, a completely yeah. filters, you know. Yeah. And I think people are going to really start appreciating things a lot more. <laughs> and if yeah. they want to give the planet a rest by not putting planes in the air for you know, and like the seas are recovering, all the pollution, 
then I don't know, in the future, let's just have, say, a month where that country doesn't fly anywhere. And people will be like, okay, as long as we know about it, we can plan for it. And, and there's ways now that will come out of this situation. But like you, I want everything to recover in the way that it's probably naturally meant to along the way. So, um, yeah. Good. Yeah, I think I think good a good point to to reflect on 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 how we've done things in the past and good opportunity to correct uh, going forward. And I think it's you know from from the way we live our lives to to the way we manage our our businesses and in in, in my part the facilities that we run. Um, I think we we need to be doing things more consciously and and more sustainably going going forward. Um, so yeah, interesting times, and I, and I think I think certainly a lot of positives to draw from it. I think a lot of people have had some good time to think and and, and reflect. So. Yeah. How long have you and Mauritius been in this situation now? Then uh, we're on week three now, um, out of out of four weeks. So well, we you know at this point in time we're supposed to go back to some. Uh, some relaxed sort of lockdown procedures from next week. Um, but yeah, that remains to be seen. The number of cases is still growing. Um, so, so let's, yeah, let's wait and see. My, my gut feel is that we'll probably have to get through the month of April before, before yeah. any sort of normality returns. Okay. Is there anything else you would like to talk about on the, you know, share with us? Um, any, any burning desires or, in fact, I'll ask you one more question. Yeah. Who's been your inspiration in golf? Wow, that's a that's a good one. Um, past, I, I've had some future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I've had so many um, people guide the journey. Um, I don't think it's it's sort of been one that can stand out. But I uh, I worked for a very inspirational uh, Texan early in my career, Jeff Claus of Trenza. Jack Nicholas facility in, in, in St. Francis Bay, South Africa. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, to nail it down to, to one person. Um, but I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm just so privileged to be able to do something that I love. And I think that's we all, what we all strive for. Yeah. Um, you know, you never work a day in your life. Um, if, you, if you find something you're passionate about and that's and that's truly what I feel um, being able to work in this industry and you know it being a, a little bit more volatile and susceptible to to sort of global challenges uh, as we will will realize over the next couple of months certainly in the, in the tourism space is a, is a small price to pay uh, I think for for the for the quality of life um, and the enjoyment I get out of out of day to day day-to-day working uh, if I can even call it that uh, like I say it's just uh, following a passion yeah which is I'm pretty much doing the same now <laughs> I think after, <laughs> after a lot of not knowing um, I'm still a not knowing kind of guy I'm, I'm or is it make uncertainty become your friend because nothing ever is and when you find that alignment and purpose of the thing that you're meant to be doing then you know when you're not on that line because you will get hit with all of the oh bad stuff yeah. you know whatever it is that you, you get thrown at you but yeah um, it's it, it's beautiful to know that we can sort of like live and breathe and understand that one passion which is you know that brings in itself people together and it definitely yeah. i'm learning that every time i'm interviewing people now on this show that it's that common love, you know, of, of that one 
sport and we um and there's so many different variants to make that one sport happen brilliant yeah 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 it's uh it's it's so much more than just a game you know, for for um you know besides the the community it's the it's the emotional attachment to it and i think uh, spirituality with it as well yeah reading a interesting book which i'm sure that you probably come across um golf in the kingdom by by michael murphy um it's kind of the inspiration for for um i've been doing a lot of reading since i've been stuck at home but uh but there's another another great book uh, dream golf uh, which is the which is the making of band and dunes um and the, it talks about the developer Mike Kayser and and how he's developed this incredible incredible resort, abandoned dunes, um, in in Oregon. Um, but but kind of the inspiration for for this uh, was a book called um, Golf in the Kingdom by by Michael Murphy. Um, so yeah, if you ever ever got some free time and want to want to read it up, it's a that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. I'm a big audio fan at the moment, so um. Oh uh, yeah. Um, my favourite ever book that I've read and listened to a lot of times is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And that is just yeah. an unbelievable listen. And it's actually him talking in his soft German dialect. And even Dr. Joe, Joe Perrin, Dr. Joseph Perrin, Zen Golf, his book on Audible is him talking. And okay. I yeah. have Skype calls with him. And it's like, there you Brilliant. are, while we're talking. Um, it, it, it's, it's great that, I'm definitely an audible kind of guy. I think that's probably why I'm doing the podcast yeah. as well, to be fair. Um, when it comes to putting words on paper, I'm not as probably as the best, but that's fine. That's just, I'm, I know that. So, yeah. but I appreciate the the recommendation. I um, might have to give that a bit of a whirl. Yeah, yeah. Some audible. So, yeah. Have, a, have a look at it. Yeah. I will do. So, yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, Ryan. Um, and what time are we in Mauritius? What time are you there? We are now 20 to 3, so I think we're yeah. three hours difference. Uh, yeah. Three hours ahead of you at the moment. Yeah. Good stuff. And hopefully, um, when all this is over and the development of the golf course is starting to really take shape, I can get you back on. You can give us a little bit of an update on what's happening in the region and you know, kind of things that are going on. That'd be great. But I, yeah, um, great. I really do thank you for your time, and um, it's been lovely talking to you. My pleasure, John, and uh, yeah, I just uh, wish you every success with what you're doing. Um, if you do get a chance, we we also run a golf tournament called the Fraser Bank Mauritius Open, which is a which is a European tour event. Um, so if you or your listeners ever want to want to see Mauritius on TV, uh, we our date scheduled the 10th to the 13th of December um, this year. We hope uh, all goes according to plan. Um, at this stage, we're we're still on track, but certainly we've got a few more majors to dodge at the end of the year uh, so scheduling might become a challenge but uh, but that's broadcast via sky sports which, uh, which i think how you'd, you'd receive the golf that side yeah um, so 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 have a look at us uh, we've got some some beautiful golf products and uh, we'd love to host you in mauritius when you get the chance oh thank you so much i look forward to that <laughs> i'll make it a, i've actually just made a note of the date so <laughs> excellent excellent <laughs> nice sometime before christmas day there you go yeah Good idea. Thank you so much. Take care. All, All right. right. All the best. Cheers.